today is our final week of our series. We went through four relationships that are vital to you, uh, your relationship with God, your relationship uh, dating, uh, parenting, and then today we're going to talk about marriage. Come on, somebody. And I thought that the best way to do this is to have a couple that I admire, that I look up to, um, that they, they uh, help shepherd pastor the house, um, one of our elders here. And so could we just welcome Pastor Paul and Robin to the stage? And and I think we have another mic for them, too. Oh, you got it. Awesome. But can we pray for them real quick? Can we just... You don't have to, but like if like if you feel comfortable, just extend your hands to them. Like, and uh, we're just gonna pray. Father, we thank you uh, for Paul and for Rob and God. We thank you for the message that you've placed in their hearts, God, for today. God, I pray that you would just speak through them, God, with boldness, clarity, God, that we would be able to receive, God, that we would leave uh, here changed, we would leave here better but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us, God. We love you so much. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone say it. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Amen. Thank you so much, John. I'm just very appreciative of this house, and I want to say thank you for John and Vanessa. It's, uh, it's a privilege to be here, and the more that we're here, I think the more we feel that we are this part of this family, and just so grateful for your leadership and for this house. Just you guys are amazing. I don't know if you realize what a special place this is. This is a very special house. And ultimately, it's all about God. But I also want to thank God for you and for what God's doing in your lives. It's just, it's wonderful. And uh, so I want to say that. Now, we have some pictures coming up here in a minute, I think. Did those get into the, into the mix? Oh, my God. If... <laughs> If we could only, if I could only go back and talk to that young man, I'd have a few things to tell him. <laughs> Fast course, staying alive. Yeah, this looks like staying alive disco. It was night. This was uh, January 3rd, 1981. As you can see, we were pretty happy, just uh, walking down the aisle after we said I do, and uh, we had met about uh, two and a half years before this. Uh, I was the old man when we met of 21, and Robin was 18, just out of high school when we met. 43 and a half years ago, and this is 41 plus years ago. So yeah, there's some things we could, we could say, right, Robin, to uh, those young people? But uh, we, there's a lot of twists and turns that have come since that day, and uh, we want to just hit on a few highlights from that uh, today. Hopefully there'll be highlights. <laughs> I do have some notes here, too, so I don't get too far off of things. If I were to title this message, I would call it the, the third strand, and it's because of the scripture that I'm going to just about to read. But uh, before I even do that, I want Robin to tell us a little story, and then that'll enter, enter into my thought, okay? Yep. Yep. Okay, there we go. You can hear me, right? I was so nervous before this morning, but I have to say, it was the perfect thing to be out there greeting because you are my family. And I, there's so much support and love, and everybody said they've been praying. And I can't see anybody, so that's kind of helping <laughs> up here. But really, um, I just want to talk to my family today. So this is a funny story. It really happened. So how real a dream can be. And I'm not talking about your dreams for the future. I'm talking about you go to bed at night, you're having a dream. 
well, this happened to me. We had been married for five or six years, had no kids, just Paul and I in the house. And uh, I went upstairs, because I had to get up earlier in the morning to go to sleep. Paul was downstairs watching some baseball or something. And I used to, back in that day, go to sleep really quick. So I was out like a light. And in my dream, Paul was away on a pastor's retreat. And that used to happen annually. You know, it wasn't this real intense dream, but that's my reality, okay? My reality is Paul is not in the house. So when I woke up a little bit and I heard footsteps coming up the stairs, I thought, oh my goodness, there's an intruder. And my heart was pounding and my thoughts were racing and I came up with two plans. I can either hide under the bed or I can confront full on and try to scare this person <laughs> off. So to my great surprise, I jumped up, standing up on the bed, right as this figure is in the doorway. And I said, who are you and what do you want? <laughs> and he, then I hear the voice of my husband saying, I'm your husband, I just want to come to bed. <laughs> but I was still, my reality was still he's away. And I, so then I said, well, what happened? Why are you here? And then he said, I was downstairs. on it. And then all of a sudden I went, oh, that was a dream. <laughs> but that must have been quite a rude awakening for you yeah. to face a crazy wife. Yeah. <laughs> Saw a side of her that I'd never seen to that point. She was, she was in this ninja, you know, played like, <laughs> And I actually, I jumped backwards. I mean, she, when she, she startled me, I jumped backwards and I go, oh my God. And I go, well, I'm just coming to bed. You know, I'm your husband. But... You know, when I thought about this um, later on, I thought about, you know, that's a really good question. Who are you and what do you want? It's prophetic, Steve. It was prophetic. And <laughs> if you think about it, if you think about that, if you want to have healthy relationships, and this, this message is not just about marriage relationships, it's about all relationships. I think you can apply it. If you want to have healthy relationships, you need to be able to answer that question. Can you answer that question, who am I and what do I want? If you're going to come into, I'd say, especially coming into marriage, you really need to answer that question. Because if you know who you are, if you know who you are as a son or a daughter of uh, God, of a beloved uh, Savior, if you know your true identity and you're renewing your mind in that truth, you're going to be way secure and your eyes are not going to be on that other person to meet your needs. How many of you know that our tendency has fallen, our fallen tendency is to look to another person to meet our needs? It's just the way we are, we are as people. And it really appears, um, in a, I, I'd say it even appears even in, in the best of Christian relationships at times. There's a tendency to kind of lean towards what the Bible calls idolatry and looking to another person, sometimes another thing, to meet our needs. And that person can never really meet those needs. Only God can do that. Amen? So when you find that out and you become secure in that most important relationship with your Heavenly Father through Jesus the Son, with the power of the Holy Spirit working through you, you can begin to have some health and you have a chance at a healthier relationship. It's not perfect. I know people who I believe are genuinely Christians that they haven't, haven't made it, but a lot of times they had a lot of really 
harmful things sewed into their lives. In fact, I'm going to say this. Everybody has had the perfect parents were uh, God to Adam and Eve, right? And they still rebelled. So we know that even with perfection, there is the probability of problems. And certainly for all of us, we all need some healing. Everyone in this room, we're, in a pro we're, on, we're on a continuum, and we all need some healing. And I do. I, I've had some, but I need even more. God's not done yet. But I just want to give you a scripture that we read at our wedding, actually, that kind of talks about this is from Ecclesiastes, and it's chapter 4 in Ecclesiastes, Solomon's Wisdom. And he says this, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Again, this was written before the days of electric blankets. <laughs> Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a three-fold cord is not quickly or easily broken. So I'm going to tell you that I believe the third strand or the third cord in any relationship that makes it really work and keeps the bond is Jesus. If you have Jesus, you have the most important thing that's, that will make you have a healthy relationship. Again, it's a process. We're all in process. But if you have Jesus, he's the healer. He sends his Holy Spirit to heal you, to develop you, to equip you, to strengthen you, to comfort you, all of that and more. So Jesus is the third strand, and that's the reason we're standing here today 41 plus years later of marriage because Jesus is grace. And we've been through some twists. Everybody gets a lot in life. And I see like a young man like Adam sitting here in the front row, and I see uh, the young couple over here, Ben and Arian, and all these young people that are around us, which I'm so grateful for. But I, I realize there's a lot of life ahead, and there's twists and turns. Some things will happen that will be so good. So there's, there's surprises that are, are great joys. I mean, we bought a house when we were in our 20s in Marin County. Who would have thunk it? But, you know, God does some fun things in your life that you wouldn't expect. But there's also some real challenges. We went through 13 and a half years of infertility. We really, really, really wanted children. And we went through surgeries. God, we were rehearsing that on the way here a little bit. Just all kinds of awkward things. One time, actually, they were, we were trying this uh, new method of uh, con uh, birth control before we wanted kids. And they had us speak to 600 priests at St. Mary's Cathedral in San Francisco because we were the successful ones. It's a joke. Little did they know we weren't, we were infertile, but that's why it worked. Why it worked. <laughs> Joke's on us. But so we went through, we went through 13 and a half years of, you know, surgeries and really wanting to have kids and all this stuff. And then finally God shifted us and we adopted. And both of our sons uh, are miracles from God, praise God. Um, but there were some big challenges in that too. And with one of them having profound special needs, that was, there were some big challenges uh, raising him. So we've had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of unexpected twists and turns. Infertility has been part of that. I got diagnosed with cancer at age 50. God healed me. That's a whole great story in itself. Yay, yay, God. Yay, God. Yay, yay God. But uh, I think that third strand is the key. And knowing who you are. Who are you? And what are you doing? What do you want? What do you want in life? And Robin has something that kind of keys off of that in Colossians. That's exactly right. Yep. Um, this is the other portion of scripture that we had read at our wedding, Colossians 3, 12 through 15. And in, there's just four verses, but there's so many building blocks to strong relationships, strong marriage in here. 
that I want us to just look at these um, verses real quick, hopefully. Concise, right? Who prayed concise this morning? <laughs> so therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, that's the first half of verse 12. Right there, it's exactly what Paul was saying. Um, whose are you? Do you know that you're God's? Um, your identity and your worth, is that in him? Is he your first love? God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. That 20-year-old that walked down the aisle was not, she had a lot of insecurity, even though she knew God. And it, it um, every decade gets better. Just want to encourage you. <laughs> Seriously, Amen. I think That's I was true. in my 40s before I really, really got it how much God really loved me, me. Um, and that really changes the way you can love somebody else. So second half of that verse, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Truth is, we look better with his clothes on. That's why we're clothing ourselves with him. That compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, we are not the source of those things. We're the conduit of those things. And when he's living in us, then it can throw, flow through us. But in myself, you know, I can be the opposite of those things to this very day, right? <laughs> I can be harsh. I can be impatient. I don't like that, but I can. And I do, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Verse 13 Bear with one another and forgive one another. If anyone has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Bearing with one another. You know, opposites attract. So true. Opposites drive each other crazy. <laughs> At times. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> so there's a lot to bear with, you know, especially in the marriage relationship when you're Day after day, morning and night, tired and grumpy, um, where rubber meets the road. It, we really, really, really need God's grace to bear with each other. Forgiving as the Lord forgave us, and the hardest part for me, I think, is asking for forgiveness when I have made a mess, and I have made lots of messes. Verse 14, and over all these virtues put on the love which binds them all together in perfect unity. That love is his selfless, his selfless love. <laughs> love is not an emotion. Our culture wants to tell us that love is an emotion. You feel it. It comes, it goes. No. Love is a decision. And um, it's a moment-by-moment -moment decision. All of these things. Uh, yeah. So, verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. As members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. There's another choice. Let, am I going to let the peace of God govern my heart? Or am I going to let my anxiety govern my heart? Am I going to let my frustration govern my heart? I get to choose that. It's, it's, um, yeah, I get to choose that. It's, it's a hard decision, but once I make that choice then the peace of God comes, and I can, I can do the things that are hard to do. 
And of course, it, the verse ends with, and be thankful. You would think that's easy, but that is a choice to be thankful for the good things in your spouse when the not so good things are in your face. You know, it's like we, we just want to forget all the good and that, um, that doesn't do us any good either. So just to sum all that up, marriage is a long journey and sometimes life gets messy and sometimes we lose our way but we can go right back to the third strand. And our third strand, I, I love that imagery. I mean, like something you pull on, something you hold on to, something that's not going to break. Um, you go back to my third strand for direction and help. And he is always there. So the bottom line is when we pursue God, we find each other. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> bottom line. Yeah, pursue God. We we're actually thinking about using as an illustration a ladder, um, uh, but we... Uh, we needed a ladder that had steps on both sides to be able to do this uh, safely. But if you get one of those tall ladders like we do have here at Discovery, um, you know, it's like both of you are going up the other side of the ladder. And you're going at a different pace, and you're at different, you're at different rungs or different steps on the ladder um, because we're all different. But hopefully you're going up, and the top is, G is God, is Jesus, you know, the third strand. That's what you're heading towards. And if you keep going... You know, of course, it's three steps forward, two steps back. We all know that. But if you just keep, you know, going, just keep uh, forgiving one another and receiving forgiveness, and you keep on going, eventually you're going to arrive. Amen? And that is, uh, and God gets glorified in all that process, too, as we uh, look to him. Rob mentioned it here in Colossians. These are the building blocks for healthy relationships, and that love is the decision. And I just know that some of us here today, you know, that we're on all, we're all different. Everybody's got their different ages, different personalities, different backgrounds. But I also know that, that uh, you know, God is faithful. So no matter where you are today, uh, maybe some of you have already been through a relationship that was very painful and you've, ha you've experienced a broken relationship. So maybe you've been disappointed uh, because of a relationship or a lack of relationship. Maybe you're hoping for something that hasn't happened yet. You're believing for it. But, you know... Uh, it hasn't fully re been realized. Uh, maybe there's some things that you know that there's been some wounds that you need healing for, Losses. and uh, losses, you know, things like that. Um, those are very ha those happen. Um, so I just want to pray as we're kind of wrapping it up here that God would come and heal because I believe He's a faithful healer. I've experienced that in my body, but even more importantly than when God physically supernaturally healed me of cancer was that He healed my heart first. He healed my heart first. That's the eternal miracle that he saw. Hey, you've got some disappointment in here. And I finally got, I got unreligious enough to admit my disappointment. And I got able to say, you know what? I, I am disappointed about this, God. I'm really upset. With, I'm actually kind of upset with you. By the way, it's very biblical. Even John the Baptist went through that. So you might have a crisis of faith. And if you're real about it and you're honest, you say, God, here's what I'm, I'm kind of disappointed with this. You know what God's response was to me? He says, you know what? I've known that all along. I just needed you to admit it. I just needed you to admit it. Once you admit it, then I could pour my grace out. And he, he sure did. And I got a whole new perspective on my life when he started to heal my heart. The things that were disappointing to me, specifically with our infertility. But God gave me a new perspective. And he said, look, it's okay, son. I know that's been hard for you, but I love you. And I'm working it all for good, what the enemy meant for evil. Amen.